Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast. This is Andrea Samadhi. This interview will be broadcast on YouTube as well as the regular podcast channel. So be sure to look for the YouTube link in the show notes if you'd like to view the video. In today's episode, we have Helen Maffini. She's a Canadian British international educational consultant. She's the host of the Mindfulness and Education Peace Summit a doctoral researcher, author, and educator. Helen is the creator of the Mind B preschool curriculum used in schools across Asia. She's the co-author of the book, Developing Children's Emotional Intelligence, and the creator of the course, Thriving Kids, A Path to Compassion, Caring, and Confident Children. Helen has lived in 13 countries, giving her vast experience in the field, has worked on curriculum development, storyboarding, writing teacher training programs, leadership training, school inspection, school development, professional development, and children's television consulting. Helen and I both have similar backgrounds. We grew up in Ontario, Canada, but of course we met in an online group for mindfulness and meditation. Helen, it's an honor to speak with you today and so much fun to see you being interviewed after watching countless of your videos and taking notes. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much, Andrea. Yeah, it's so funny to be on the other side of the, of the table. being used to interviewing, interviewing, but thank you uh, so much for inviting me. And uh, as you mentioned, we have so many similarities in our work and our background and um and uh, so it's always a pleasure uh, connecting with you absolutely helen thank you so let's dive right into the questions so i i know that i've been blessed to be interviewed by you for your mindful peace summits where you interview leaders across the world in the area of social emotional learning and neuroscience and you've had powerful guests like dr daniel siegel the author of Brainstorm, The Power and Purpose of the Teenage Brain, and of course, countless other books. It seems like he's got a new one coming out every week. I can't stay on top of him. Um, but why did you create the Mindful Peace Summits? And what have you learned from the interviews that you've done in your summits? Yeah. So, um, well, when it first started, I was um, looking at a way that I could connect um, people in the field with different uh, resources and um, just find a way to kind of share ideas. And it was particularly uh, at the beginning with preschool um, children and, and preschool teachers and parents. So um, it, one day I just thought, you know, why don't I do a summit? So um, I didn't know how to do it, how to run a summit or anything. So I um, just uh, contact that actually the, I just emailed Dan Siegel <laughs> that's what I did that was the thing I did before anything I just sent out this random email and said like would you consider um, you know a little bit about me this is what I want to do and and then he wrote back and said sure and uh, so I was like oh my gosh I need to organize this um, and uh, and that's how it all started and um, it was such a positive experience because you know, people give up, give their time and um, their ideas. And it was just a really um, amazing um, thing to see all these people coming together. And I think because I have lived in so many places, I have a lot of contacts in all areas of the world. And so it was quite interesting to kind of put 
together what's happening in different places and and share that with people and then i i just got such a great response and um i think we had about four and a half thousand people on that summit and um it was you know i was getting emails and and i thought this was fun i love talking to all these people and hearing what they're doing and then sharing ideas so then i just um i've kept kept doing it so we did a general kind of mindfulness one and then um the mindful kids peace summit which was for teenagers which was the one that you were on and we've done um the second preschool one we have the third preschool one coming up um so yeah it's been really really beneficial um we have a few other ones um, maybe i'll tell you about them later <laughs> that are coming up yeah, I'll add everything in the show notes so anyone watching this can click and, and learn more about what you're doing. Yeah. It was, then, oh yeah, go ahead. Right, and I was just going to say, what I've learned is, yeah. um, I mean, so, so much. I learn so much in every interview, really, but one of the things I think is that there's so much hope out there and such a there's such a big group of people that are trying to create this movement and to change what's happening in our schools um, and, and with families at home. And I think that for me has been the most powerful thing because sometimes when we look at it from the outside and we read the news and we hear about, you know, things that aren't so good happening in schools and things that can get quite disheartening. Um, but when you hear all these people and people are, you know, doing their own things and joining and collaborating, but people are trying to move things forward. And I think um, another thing, you know, that's come really strongly to me is the research is coming out that really validates that this is such an important thing um, for us to put in school. And we're at a time in society where there's so much um, stress, anxiety, mental health issues with our students, even starting at three, you know, very young students. And I know the UK has called it a mental health crisis in the teenage years, um, that, you know, something has to change. We can't just continue. And it's really wonderful to see that so many people are trying to make that change and, and working together. And it's a really positive um, group of people and it's just growing and growing, I think. So that's been pretty amazing. It's exciting to have watched you the past couple of years and I'm learning so much from you with my daughters as well. Right. Strategies to implement because we're not taught this in the schools. You know, we've got that you're running out the door and you've got a few minutes to get them off to school and then you've got a breakdown and you're like, what strategy can I use while I'm driving? And yeah. then we start breathing. Teach right. them how to breathe in, breathe out, and it works. And yeah. I've solved a big problem without a big meltdown. So it's definitely impacting us over here. And, and I know that uh, it's, it feels like it's a slow movement that, you know, I, I just wish it could be faster. But, <laughs> you know, especially looking at the results, I know that Canadian schools uh, seem farther ahead than nice. where we are. It just seems different in different places. but. Yeah. The research is coming along and and it's exciting to see the impact of schools here that are starting to use mindfulness yeah, meditation definitely yeah i think it's uh it's growing and i think it'll you know as people become more and more confident that this is something 
uh, really important. They will start to adapt and find ways to, to bring it into school. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it was powerful watching 14-year-old Adam Avin hosting your last Mindful Peace Summit in February, and especially when he had the interest from Maroon 5 on social media and everything yeah. started blowing up. And I think student voice is really trending in the country and Adam is spearheading his way. How did you see Adam impacting your summit and what did you notice about him as a person through his participation? Well, I think he's a pretty amazing um, young man. I'm quite proud of him. And oh my gosh, I'm sorry, the doorbell just rang. That's Any okay. I can edit. I'm gonna. I'll edit. Okay. No worries. Hi. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Oh dear. Sorry. No I heard speech for my my grandmother loves flowers and the, and feed. She likes to feed the birds every day. So oh. I ordered a huge box of bird seed from Amazon. So love it, love it. Oh, it's gonna come today. Anyway, that's okay. okay. We're good. So, um, so oh, this start again about Adam. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Adam for me is is a really inspirational uh, young man. I think he's going to keep on doing great things. But um, uh, he was really just a pleasure to work with, and um, he had approached me and said uh, that he had seen the other summits and would he uh, be able to do a summit together with me so he was involved in everything right through you know some parts of it are a bit tedious and hard and then there's the fun exciting parts of the actual interviews but he was really involved in all of it and shared lots of ideas of how he wanted to do things was really great at connecting with speakers and things and um, I think he did a, a fabulous job and um, uh, a fabulous job at promoting it as well. Like, uh, with the, as you said, like Maroon 5 and yeah. and things. So, but he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, got, he's seems quite mature for his age and um, he has a lot of perspective and he's done so much. I mean, he's only 14 and he's already got this Wolf Shanti curriculum uh, going and is working with children in hospitals and wow. so yeah it's, it's always inspiring when you see a young person that's taking yeah. that action and making a difference and I think um, he I think he inspires other teens as well you know to um, to take part and to help but um, really it inspires adults because so many adults comment to me and say wow where did this kid come from you know and exactly. um, He's just yep. and, uh, and he's done a just done a TED talk as well, um, and, and yeah, so he's just you know constantly um, doing things and trying to uh, bring the, the the movement forward. I guess he's very very passionate about it. Well, it's exciting to showcase him and um, yeah. give other people some motivation as well. 
Well, I know that we have similar visions for where we see education going, and we both come from such similar backgrounds. But where do you see SEL is right now? Um, especially, do you see the differences in different locations where it is in Canada, opposed to where you are internationally? Um, yeah. You know, and where, how, how do you see that we can kind of come together to get more on the same page? Yeah. What do you well, uh, yeah, definitely. I think we see a lot of um, lot of similarities and a lot of differences. So um, I think what I've personally seen in Canada and the States is there's like pockets of good practice and good things happening. But, and then there's a lot of areas where people aren't even aware that this is something that might um, you know, be beneficial for students. So there hasn't been really a government level um, push to bring this into the education system. It's more individual teachers who find an interest or uh, maybe a school principal who decides they would like to kind of bring these skills in, into their schools. So I think organizations like CASEL and Mindful Schools and um, things like that are, are trying to make headway into, um, into the education system. I, I just spoke to a lady um, in Toronto who said the Ministry of uh, Ontario is um, putting some mindfulness into the secondary curriculum now yeah. um, and, the and the primary, I think. So there's pockets kind of happening, but um, not across the board. I think in the UK, we see quite a big um, research project going on where they're going to have mindfulness in 372 schools and they're really doing an in-depth analysis to see is this cost effective how you know what are the real effects for different age groups um, and that's going to be very interesting but they have done quite a lot because they're now called the mindful nation and they practice mindfulness in parliament and wow. um, things so they're very interested in in how this can help different sectors of societies. Also in the hospital sector, they're using it quite a lot. So, um, and then there's, you know, Denmark is bringing like empathy classes into all of their schools and um, you just see pockets of things, but I think, you know, we're kind of at the, at the start of bringing this into schools and a lot of people are waiting for more kind of hard evidence. Um, from a research perspective. There is a lot of research, it's growing massively, but um, it's not always um, very cohesive or, um, or there's not a lot comparing programs or looking at specific programs and things like that. Um, and there's a lot more with the older children than the younger ones. So I think as we kind of get more uh, robust research um, showing that that this can make a difference. Um, we will have more chance to um, influence governments and, um, and, and policy boards and policymakers. And and but in the meantime, you know, people are doing a great um, thing. And I think, you know, what I've seen when I go into schools is a teacher that's very interested and starts to, you know, is practicing themselves, and then they start to bring a few ideas in and then another teacher says hey what are you doing why is your class um you know doing this and then so they learn from each other and um i think that's a great organic way to um to bring things into into schools is um with kind of a a change leader that, that really wants to um 
to be at the forefront of it and kind of lead other other teachers into it. So yeah, so it's exciting, exciting times, I think. Uh, and I think, you know, as time goes on, I think it's going to happen quite quickly that more and more international groups of people get together and you know, we all don't want to reinvent the wheel and right. think about what's the best way forward and what can we do um, to to help this um, movement get into into school. Definitely, definitely, it's it's interesting to watch the research emerge as well. Such a new discipline, and yeah. the schools starting, like you say, with individuals, and then it's spreading and it's contagious and the results will show and I know that it's it's exciting times definitely to I've, I've been waiting for this for a very long time so excuse me it's wonderful that it's happening now so Helen what what's your three to five year plan where I know you're always working you've got more summit coming up but what's your vision for this where do you see yourself in the next few years? Yeah, so um, I, my big vision is, um, you know, to help bring mindfulness um, into school and social emotional learning you know, all together into schools across the, the world. Um, I have my Mind B curriculum, um, which is a preschool curriculum, and I, um, we have that, we have about teachers in about 60 countries trained uh, in that now and um, and then it's used quite widely in um, Hong Kong and Taiwan and um, places so I would like to kind of expand that and do more um, training with the teachers and share that with other people and then summits um, I have a few summits coming up so I'm doing a a really interesting one in October together with Chris Willard um, from Harvard. So we've partnered and we're doing a uh, global mindfulness and education summit and we're going to interview uh, one person from 40 different countries about what's happening in their, um, in their country and uh, what practices are coming out or what issues, what challenges and positive things are happening within the, the education system. So um, we're looking forward to that. We're starting interviewing and, and things. So that's quite exciting. And we'll have Daniel Goldman and Dan Siegel also on that uh, summit. Um, and then I have the preschool one that I do every January um, coming up. And uh, we also have an, uh, one that I'm doing with Hazel Farr in uh, March next year, which is a environmental um, summit bringing in mindfulness um, and the environment and nature, wow. um, which is very interesting. And we're hoping to do a, a live event following that, like a, a uh, Camino walk or um, some kind of natural uh, um, event uh, in Portugal. So I think that's that's quite exciting. But I always have a million ideas of of different things. I'm also making a story. I'm getting different authors of children's mindfulness and social emotion books to uh, read their stories to children, and I'm going to compile it all into a. Um, you know something that teachers can use and they can so have the author reading the story to the children and then the author uh, the children will be able to write questions and ask uh, send letters or pictures to the 
to the authors afterwards, but all around this um, kind of mindfulness uh, arena. So those are a few of the things we've got. I know you're always forward thinking, so it's fun to, to interview you and hear your ideas. And, you know, just to kind of wrap it all up, if an educator sees this, and wants to have a look at and learn more about you, I'll put all the links for your Mindful Peace Summits, but are there any final words that you think of advice that you want for someone that might be wanting to start a mindfulness program or, you know, where do they begin? There were so many strategies in your summits. Where, where should they begin? And should I, um, I, I always believe um, it, it all starts with the teacher themselves or the principal. And so kind of developing that, um, your own practice um, and even if it's just something small but just taking those small steps um, and noticing what's happening to you um, and then moving forward to kind of share that but reading books um, you know taking a, a course is great like an MBSR course or an online course um, and then uh, there's so many kind of online meditations and things that you can listen to, but joining groups like our group that we have, um, the Mindy group, and we have lots of discussions in there about what's happening uh, in, in the world of education. And um, yeah, and I think just uh, take it slow. It doesn't have to be it. I think what people want to do is make this huge thing and right. make it very complicated because <laughs> that's what I always do so and then I have to say no Helen just start small and simple and um and and take it one step at a time so start discussions in your school you know see who else is interested in this see if there are people that have a practice already in in your school and then kind of grow it um organically from there um one step at a time but I that's think yeah, the benefits. I haven't heard anyone say, that, you know, anything except for that they've had benefits um, with this with all ages, um, you know, from three. We see a lot of benefits with, with the young children um, right through to, to the teens and then the teachers themselves. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Absolutely. And I, I just kind of go back to when I first started the to practice because that's yeah. a really good point. I remember I have to sit still for how long and it was really difficult I remember yeah. wrestling against it thinking how, how am I gonna sit here and I had young kids at the time I think it's been since 2000 and maybe 14 or 15 that I've been sitting and, and doing mindfulness meditation but back then I was like how do I do this and it, that was the hardest part once once I got into the habit of it and, you know, they know that that's mommy's time to go relax and, and re-energize, but uh, it, it, it's a really good point to get your own practice going and then notice the benefits yeah. for yourself. And it can be, you know, you can start with one minute or three minutes. It doesn't, you don't have to think, oh my gosh, I have to go for one hour. <laughs> no, you can... And there's so many apps, you know, that can guide you right now. Um, that was probably my mistake. I went for, for too long to start off with. And I thought, how, do, how do people do this? It's too yeah. long. But, but so you just develop and, and grow as those kind of muscles in your brain get stronger, don't they? So they do. Absolutely. Yeah, pretty quickly. I, I know I did. Uh, that made a big difference to me personally. So um, what have you noticed? Just 
Um, well, I was always quite anxious or worried. Um, and I think that's helped a lot with, um, with me being able to just, um, you know, to just be and not <laughs> constantly be thinking about you know, what could go wrong and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I still uh, have moments like that, but, um, but it's uh, been very useful just to, um, just to accept the, those feelings instead of fighting them. I was always fighting them like, oh, I can't, I don't have time to feel worried about <laughs> this, you know, <laughs> which um, didn't help. It just kind of made it worse. And totally. um, so I've been doing this mindfulness since about 2000 and six I think it's been quite a while now um I first uh, started in when I lived in Bahrain of all places um and uh yeah but it's uh it's something that's definitely helped me uh personally and that's every time when I try new things or go to a course I always think oh you could do this how could kids benefit from this right, right. I'm right. sure you as well right like oh that's cool like so um yeah, so that's how it kind of all started uh, in that arena for me. So Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Helen, for taking your time today to speak with me and sharing your Mindful Peace Summit. So I'll put all the information for people to find you more. And thank you again for your time. Thanks, Andrea. Lovely to talk to you. <laughs> thank you.